Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elevated Project Podcast. I am Mike Costelli. This will be episode number 31. This is a Taco Tuesday. We took a little bit of a break, but Jamie and Christine are back and they are interviewing Elena Rossi. So she is known as the Yanni Empire on Instagram and she's the creator and product designer for Ana Lifestyle. They are going to talk about all things sex today. So pleasure outside of sex, finding peace and communicating with your partner. And they talk about the female libido. Guys, you do not want to miss this one. Trust me. Trust me on this. Uh, I followed Elena for a long time. Uh, she is without a doubt a very charismatic woman and very knowledgeable in her area of expertise. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Elevated Project podcast. Uh, today, Christine and I are talking with Elena, and she is a well, what I consider um, a celebrity. So she <laughs> is on Instagram. She's the Yoni Empire, and um, so this is episode thirty-one. And I would love it, Elena, if you could just give us a blurb about. We need to know a little bit about your background and what it is that the magic that you make. So, all right. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for having me here, girls. It's an honor. I am a female libido specialist and an orgasm coach. So, this is what I do. I work primarily with women. Um, I've always wanted to be a sex educator and a sexologist, but I come from a communist conservative family. I grew up in Soviet Russia. And so when I finished high school and my parents asked me what I want to do in life, I was too shy to say that I want to study sex. It would just not be accepted in my family. So I found a, a middle ground of studying business and psychology. Psychology was really for my passion. Business was to uh, impress my family. <laughs> gotcha. And I've done different uh, types of work. I've always wanted to work with people. I started my career in human resources. Then I expanded to nutrition and opening a cafe. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to work in sexuality. And it took me until my mid-20s to finally gather the courage and grow the ovaries, so to say, to really follow um, in my dream. And so for the last 10 plus years, I've been studying sexology. Uh, I've been studying sex education. And now I am full-time sexological writer, um, coach, and specialist, supporting women one orgasm at a time. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and so, okay, so tell us where it, you're, tell us where you are right yeah. now, because so you yeah. live in? I am based in Amsterdam. So I come from a um, expat child background. My father is an engineer, and so I've been following him all over the world. And in 1996, we left Russia, we moved to the States. So I do kind of sound a little bit American even though I'm originally Russian. And for the last 20 years, I've been living between Bali and Amsterdam, but I consider Amsterdam my home. 
Cool. I got a question. Where did you recently vacation to? Because that place looked so amazing. Oh, that was at my friend's uh, place in Ibiza. The van, you mean? Yeah, with like yeah. the bath outside and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they, uh, my friends have a property in Ibiza. It's um, a family, they have a kid, and it's on the mountain as far as you can see. There's yeah. just forest and mountains. And they had this old van they turned into a little Airbnb. So you can go there, you can book a, well, I was going to say book a room, but you can book the entire van and go and stay there. So I do that every year. I try and go for five days, no Wi-Fi. You're by yourself, camping, taking a shower outside, peeing in the bushes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. Yeah. I might need you to send me that link. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once travel, once we can travel again, like, yeah. 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 You guys are stuck right now, huh? Pardon yeah. Me. We're stuck. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm from Canada and I can't like cross the border, which is like an hour away. I can't cross because I won't be able to come back here. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it sucks. But pardon? We're in the UK in Europe. Yeah. So, uh, I think you can fly. So. One of the things I noticed about your lifestyle is that mm -hmm. you are, I mean, so, I mean, of course. My you, Instagram lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you, I mean, you deal with, with pleasure, right? But it isn't only just like sexual pleasure. That's one of the things that I noticed the most about what a lot of, I mean, cause yes, I don't know you, of course, I see your, your life, your lifestyle through Instagram, but <laughs> Um, it's not just about like sexual lifestyle or sexual pleasure, like just in the bedroom, like you incorporate it into everything in your life, which I don't yeah, think people often realize that there are other types of pleasure and it's like yeah. <clears throat> drink and where you travel to and taking yeah. breaks from Wi-Fi and taking breaks from social media and like it's, it's not just, I, I think, especially where we live, people think pleasure is just only what you do with your partner in the bedroom. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest misconceptions I'm noticing now also in the sexuality industry or the wellness industry is this obsession with short-term gratification pleasure. You know, give me my orgasm, give me my sex toy, give me my abs, give me the best Lululemon pants. It's like you want to feed into this pleasure junkie obsession. And what I really, the message, what I want to convey to women is, sure, we can enjoy short-term gratification. I can eat an ice cream. That's pleasure. I can masturbate. That's pleasure. I can have sex with my partner. I can go for a run. But what I feel truly nourishes us is pleasure infused with purpose and meaning uh -huh. you know you can come home and you can make a pasta and eat it really fast while watching netflix or you can cook a pasta for someone that you love in your life and share that beautiful evening with that person and infuse that pasta experience with maybe a glass of wine lovely conversation vulnerable sharing and then that evening will be a completely different experience. Totally. One is short term stuffing yourself with carbs. The other one is, how do I say? 
it's a nourishing experience. You know, yeah. it has meaning. And totally. so my invitation to people is to try and find meaning in their pleasure. Right. Well, yeah, it's like slowing everything down so that you're present. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you are kind of carbs, you know, like everyone, you guys run a nutrition podcast as well. It's like, I've decided life is too short to never eat a croissant or to never have a good glass of wine. Exactly. <laughs> make sure that it's the croissant from the absolute best bakery in town. It's got to be the best wine. You know, if I'm going to smoke a joint, I'm going to do it with the best company that I can possibly do it with. Yeah. Right. I think that's something that um, I kind of wanted to ask about too, was like cannabis and sex. Um, Cause I think Mike kind of mentioned that too a little bit. Like what are your thoughts around that? Um, <laughs> I would say use your drugs wisely. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I live in Amsterdam, things are legal here. Um, I enjoy cannabis very much, um, but I try not to use it as a crutch in my life. I like to right. use it to improve my life, to add to my sensations, to add to my day or to add to an experience I'm having with someone. Um, I think it's great as long as you're not using it as a crutch. Right. You know, some women use cannabis to relax. And so then you're dependent on it uh, rather than having something to enjoy it with. Yeah, and so having it to enhance the experience. It's, you know, it's a tool, just like right. I often talk about vibrators. A vibrator is a tool, just like a knife is a tool. You can use a knife to chop up a salad or you can use a knife to cut yourself. The tool is the same, but how you use it is very right. different. So the same with drugs, alcohol, um, lovers, sex toys. How are you using these things? Again, are you infusing these experiences with purpose and meaning or are you just consuming nonstop? Right. Yeah, because if you have to use cannabis in order to receive pleasure, to, in order to experience pleasure all of the time, then, yeah, yeah. then how yeah, would you really know what it's like when, it's, when you're completely sober? I think exactly. that that's where you have to make have to make the connection first. And if you don't have that connection sober, then you can't rely on something like cannabis all the time. Right. Totally. Well, a lot of people are unable to have any kind of sober sex. You know, the majority of sex we're having now, especially the generation, I would say below us, um, or maybe even our generation, it's, um, you know, Friday night, everyone is boozed up, it's dark. You know, eyes closed. That's the kind of sex we're having. It happens really fast and it's over. And then what? My boyfriend's naked over here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting distracted. Just has her face. doing the helicopter move? <laughs> no. I can't really see your face right now, so. Oh my God. Can you come over and say hi? <laughs> they want you to say hi. <laughs> now he's. <laughs> uh yeah it's dark in here it's like stormy outside so <laughs> so um so like a, it's such a there's there's so many things that we could talk about especially just with bringing up the kind of sex that people have mm. which i think is um yeah i know it's probably it's something that you that's what you're trying to do is to help people to realize that it's more than just you know eight minutes 
eyes closed and the only goal being an orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, you know, like the modern feminist obsession with consent. I mean, yes, consent is important, but I feel like there's something way more important than consent. I feel like it's intention. Why are you having sex? Because women consent and men consent too to sex that they don't want all the time, right? We're having sex that we don't want. We're having sex to maybe just to make a baby. We're having sex out of marital obligation. We're having sex out of duty. We're having sex to get something from someone. We're having sex to manipulate someone into something. There's so many reasons why we consent to sex, which ultimately is not nurturing. It's not pleasurable. And then a lot of the time, especially women, end up regretting it and blaming their partner. And the partner looks at you going, but you consented to this. Right. So I really want people to get a lot of clarity on why are you being sexual? Who is the person that you're being sexual with? You know, consent, like we can consent to anything, any time of the day that doesn't solve a lot of problems that women are experiencing these days. So what is, so because you deal with women and um, you talk about libidos and about orgasms, what is the, one of the biggest things that you see that women are dealing with when it comes to libido or for, I mean, those are two totally different topics, right? I mean, the, the mm-hmm. whole libido and, cause there can be a lot of things going on, even just hormonally that can affect women with libido. Um, but yeah. then, um, I mean, we use libido when, when we do nutrition consulting and um, mm-hmm. as is a health marker. And so we often will ask about female libido to see if, you know, one, if they're getting enough food, if they're overtraining, if they're, you know, there's, so I mean, we use that as a health marker, but um, for you, like, why don't you chat libido and then we can talk about orgasm after you tell me what you see the most, like the things that arise the most with women, like they come to you saying, hey, I can't reach an orgasm or, Hey, I, my, you know, my libido's in the toilet. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big subject to unpack because number one, we have to get clear on what we mean by libido. We have to get clear on what we mean by a healthy libido. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people are under the impression that a healthy libido is just being up for sex all the time and just walking around like a horn dog. I call bullshit on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus everyone's libido is different. Everyone's libido within their own life is different. Libido is, you know, our sexuality is cyclical. We go through periods of being really horny. We go through periods of not being so horny. Our libido is affected by the kind of sex that we're having. You know, very often women say, I have a low libido. I think it's not a low libido. I think the sex that's being offered to you is not worthy of a high libido. Yeah. You know, often yeah. a man will message me and be like, hi, uh, my wife hates sex. What should I do? My question is, what do you mean by sex? Because if you just want to hump your wife for three minutes and come on her chest, well, I wouldn't want that sex either. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so a lot that's of the time. That's only what you're into and that gets you off. <laughs> you would like sex. Yeah. yeah. So very often, it's not that your libido is low. It's not that there's something wrong with your hormones. It's just that the sex that's being offered to you is really not worthy. It's not nourishing to your body. It's not in alignment with what you like. So number one step that I want to take with women is understanding 
what kind of sex will lead to a high libido for you? You know, what kind of sex do you want to have? What kind of sex is pleasurable for you? What kind of sex turns you on? That is different for every single woman. Right. And if you don't have intimacy with your partner and you don't have communication, then how can you actually tell them what it is that you desire? Exactly. And so we either sit back and demand that our partner magically read our mind and figure out what we want, which is just very immature and childish, or we sit around feeling a lot of shame because we're not like our partner's ex-girlfriend or we're not like the woman in a porn movie. And then we just settle into a dormant sexual lifestyle where sex happens rarely because we're so afraid to admit like, hey, you know, it takes me longer than three minutes to arouse. Hey, it takes my body longer than 20 minutes to orgasm because no one teaches us that that is absolutely okay. Yeah. And that male and female sexualities, male and female bodies operate very differently. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, and on that topic about like communication um, with your partner and whatnot, <clears throat> you just came out with a book of like, how many questions was it? 800? 500. 500. 500. And uh, she sent it to me prior to, you know, coming on the podcast and me and my boyfriend actually, you know, ask each other some of the questions and it's and that is a really good way to get good conversation going um if you're not sure how to ask some you know a specific question i think it it's a really good tool for people to have if they do have a communication issue too to kind of just get them going right absolutely the problem is not really the communication the problem is honest and vulnerable communication right like getting vulnerable yeah couples talk about they think they talk about sex all the time but asking mm -hmm. one-sided questions of do you like that right <laughs> you like it, it's really pointless uh, it's pointless because it's such a broad question it's like asking me like hey lena what kind of food do you like oh i like tasty food yeah <laughs> how far did we get in that answer you know right but it's like, hey, Lena, do you like Japanese food? Do you like sushi? I'll be like, yeah, I like sushi. Oh, what's your favorite kind? Or what's your favorite place in Amsterdam? Shall we go there? Yeah, okay. When? Friday. What time? 5 p.m. Boom. You know, now right. we have a question. So we can approach our sexuality the same way. It's about asking the right questions. And it's about having the balls or the ovaries to answer truthfully back. Yeah. And by being honest with each other, we figure out if we are sexually compatible a lot of people are just not compatible as lovers. And instead of sticking around and blaming each other, feeling resentful or feeling ashamed that you're not good enough, we really need to start accepting who we are as sexual beings and finding people with whom we can play. Right. Who want to play like we want to play. Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm glad to know you and your boyfriend are doing the questions. That's yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was good. Pardon? I haven't seen them, so I would, yeah, I'd love to see them. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the, well, she's giving um, the listeners a code. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to so, give your listeners a discount code. It's an ebook, so you will yeah. have it immediately upon purchase. I'm super excited. I'm working on a paperback version right now for Amazon. But oh, my nice. My first time, so. Yeah, All it's technology great. Technology and editing is uh, breaking my head in. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, something I wanted to ask you about was because you do like yoni massages, right? Mm -hmm. 
Can you like describe what that entails? Because I'm not even 100% sure like what Mm -hmm. it's all about. So can you just describe that a little bit? Sure. Um, There's different types of yoni massages. And I know that they've become quite trendy over the last five years. You see Mm -hmm. a lot of articles about them. You see people doing videos about them. In the most basic terms, uh, a yoni massage is an inter internal vaginal massage. So the same way that we massage other parts of our body, other muscles on our body, uh, we massage the vagina. The vagina is a muscular canal, and muscles get to te- get uh, tend to become tense and hold on to trauma and hold on to stress. And so, if your lower back hurts or if your neck hurts, what do you do? You stretch it and you massage it, and you make sure not to. Uh, stress it out again. So the same we need to do with a vagina. We need to massage her gently, slowly, with love and care, give her some TLC. It's something that women need to be doing for themselves um, on their own, and it's something that you can do with a professional. Um, Unfortunately, because it is uh, work which involves the genitals, it attracts a lot of perverts and creeps Mm -hmm. and so there are a lot of men out there usually with long ponytails calling themselves shiva lingam gaya man (laughs) who go around promising to heal you and you know make you orgasm left and right um sometimes for free if you are a pretty girl i have so bad (laughs) yeah so please be careful with that. I have an entire article on my website which talks about finding a professional um, yoni specialist who is full of integrity. Uh, my number one tip is to work with a female professional. Uh, the work that I do is not about making women orgasm. It's not erotic at all. It is like going to a very friendly gynecologist. I use my hands to press into your muscles on the outside and inside to release the tension to find pain spots, numb spots, pleasure spots, itching spots, um, to help you build more of an awareness of your genitals and to understand how they work. For example, a lot of the time women think that they have numb vaginas uh, during lovemaking, but it's not the vagina that's numb. It just means your body is not aroused. You know, women are usually not giving themselves enough time to arouse. Um, to really feel the sensation, you know, to feel that blood rushing to your genitals, that warmth, that lubrication. And so they think something is wrong with their body, but in reality, you're just not giving yourself enough time. So this is the kind of work I do with women when they come over for a session with me. I basically teach them how their female genitals operate and how they work. Interesting. So do you, do you work with um, like females who have kind of trauma going on and, you know, kind of have issues around any sexual experiences? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said earlier, the muscles carry trauma, they carry stress. So the female, for example, the penis is not a muscle. (laughs) Good for men, they don't carry any trauma in their penis. We carry stress and trauma or micro trauma in our vaginal lining of the walls. Um, it comes in a form of tension. So the muscles are tensed up. Um, we also have this big myth in our society that a tight pussy is what men want, uh, but a tight pussy is a tense pussy. She's an unhappy pussy. A pussy needs to be soft, sweet, and supple and wet. Right. Um, most of the time when women are having sex, they're clenching their vaginal muscles. That's not good. 
we need to be relaxing during penetration. We need to be kind of sucking in the penis, accepting it, wanting it, feeling safe. Often women don't feel safe, whether consciously or unconsciously. So we're tensing up and that creates more tension and more contraction in the vaginal walls. So this is the kind of stuff I work with. Um, sometimes women come with just the confusion of what good lovemaking is. Um, sometimes women come with previous trauma of uh, sexual abuse. Uh, sometimes women come with um, things like vag vaginal um, ailments like vaginismus, uh, pussy pain, tension, inability to orgasm. This is all the stuff that we're looking to together. So uh, I know, like I've, I have um, a close friend who's just like unable to achieve an orgasm. Do you mm -hmm. think that some women aren't able to at all? Is that a thing? Or do you think that every woman can achieve one? They're just having that issue, maybe, you know, not the right partner or, you know, not feeling loved, things like that. Or is that can, can that actually be an issue for somebody that they just can't? It can definitely be an issue, but I would say 99.9% .9 of the time we can look into it and solve it. It's just very different for every woman. Yeah. Uh, for example, even our physiology governs our orgasmic abilities. Like men have micro penises, while well, women have micro clitorises. So for some women, your clitoral gland, like the clitoral glands, that little P, right? That little P on the outside that we're stimulating. For some women, it is so tiny that it's hiding under the clitoral hood. So you can rub your pussy all you want. You're not going to have the same sensation as other women. Because it's right there. It's so tiny and it's so hidden. And sometimes you might need surgery to remove the clitoral hood, or you might need testosterone cream, hormonal cream to make your clitoris grow. So for a lot of women who don't know this, who've never had a gynecologist look at them or notice this, they go around from therapist to therapist thinking that it's a mental problem in their head. Meanwhile, it's a physical thing. It's a way that they were born. This is their physiology. I've actually never even like thought of it that way. I have maybe for once a year, I have a woman coming in with something like this. And, and it just sucks so much to have a beautiful girl sit across from you and tell you that she's gone through 10 years of therapy. She still cannot orgasm. And then you realize it's a physical thing that no one ever told her. Wow. And she just spent 10 years of therapy, you know, going and digging so deep into mother issues and father issues. And meanwhile, it's a physical way. It's just the way her body has formed. And for us where we live, I mean, it's hard enough to, to have... Um, effective healthcare. Our like our doctors here are just so just mm -hmm. by the book. They and like that. If I I don't even imagine like it would be an anomaly if you could find a physician or even a gynecologist mm -hmm. here that would even honor that. Yeah, because it would just be like it would be so clinical. Mm -hmm that yeah. I don't even know that that would be something that you could even talk to someone about here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Especially for women, like for, that's the thing is like, even just for myself with experience with being with medical care as a female, especially if it comes to anything like sexual libido, it's like, well, that's just normal. You're, you're a woman, yeah. you're not supposed to have a libido. But if a man goes into the doctor and says, you know, my libido's down, 
you know, I'm tired, blah, blah, blah. Right away, they're like on it because it's like a guy is supposed to want to have sex and have a libido. But for women, we're just like, you know, yeah. you have a couple of kids and then it's like, well, you're not supposed to really want to have sex anymore anyways. Yeah. Which yeah, is it's, insane. It's, it's, it's sad. We're not receiving, well, any proper sexual education or support in this world. So all the things that you've talked about, like, I mean, I, I never learned that as a child. I never mm-hmm. learned it as a teenager. I never learned it as, I mean, where, where do we, like, where, how do we start educating women about this? Like how, unless they go seeking it, it's never, it's not out there in the front lines for us to have as something that we should know. I mean, it's our body and we don't, we know so very little about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're asking a million dollar question. No. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, like I never received any sex education and Holland is considered to have the best one in the world, but I don't remember getting it at all. I never even got that, you know, awkward teacher with a banana and a condom. Never even had that. And this is one of the biggest problems in the world now is the only education most of us are receiving is in pornography, but pornography is not real life. You know, pornography is a movie with actors the way that Harry Potter is a movie with actors. And we can go watch Harry Potter or watch 007 movies and come out of the movie theater not assuming that we can make magic spells with sticks, but somehow we watch a porn movie and we come out of that experience assuming that this is how we have to be. Right. But pornography is adult entertainment. It's there to entertain you. The goal of pornography is to arouse you as fast as possible and make you orgasm as fast as possible. You know, people don't want to sit and watch porn for four hours at a time. We have a life to live, well, the majority of us. Yeah, right. So a porn movie is like a highlight reel of sex with a couple, you know, and they cut out all these things that happen before and after, like people consenting to it, people getting clear on it, people flirting, people connecting, right? People getting undressed, people having, you know, a moment together, looking each other in the eye, having a moment after, cuddling, aftercare, all of that is cut out of porn, but that is the real life. All these things happen. And so how are teenagers supposed to know about this? Because no one is talking to them about it. I'm actually working on my second book right now, and I'm going to call it something along the lines of all the things I wish my mother had taught me about sex. And one of the questions that I pose in the first chapter is, I know how awkward it is to talk to your parents about sex, but if we're not talking to our parents, whom do we talk to? You know, Jamie, that's the yeah. question. It's like, how do we educate the kids? Yeah. Whom are the kids going to listen to? And what kind of information do we provide for them? Because sharing how to put a condom on a banana doesn't seem to be the best sex education we can offer. It's like, it's like all they have now is porn, which gives them such a false sense of what it's supposed to be like. So, and then, I mean, then men have, you know, this expectation that just these women can't, you know, they're not they're They have this like false expectation because of watching porn. Right. So then nothing's ever good enough. And women have it too. And yeah. then we blame each other, which I think just creates more. I mean, yeah, men, women do have it too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, and it, I mean, one, it gives men a complete um, 
irrational expectation of 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 like sex with a woman yeah you but know? it gives them rational expectations of even what a man should be like but that's men have yeah, yeah. With their penises right how big it has to be how muscular he needs to be how right, hard he right. needs to fuck a woman this is a lot of pressure that men put on themselves as well totally well not only that but it's i think that it gives men the idea that the only way that a woman can be pleasured by a man is with a hard dick yeah <laughs> meanwhile lesbian couples are having the most amounts of orgasms <laughs> right really yeah <laughs> interesting yeah and that's i mean i think that that is like that totally wrecks guys for them <laughs> to think that the only way that they can be like that they can pleasure a woman is or bring them to orgasm and if they have an orgasm any other way than by penetration somehow yeah. it makes them less of a man and then, interestingly, the latest research, you know, because porn gets a lot of bad reputation and they talk about how it's um, creating unachievable standards for women, how women are objectified. Actually, recently research shows that men are more objectified in porn movies than women. Mm -hmm. So when you watch a porn movie, usually you'll have the names of the actresses. The name of the male actress is almost never mentioned. Uh, men are usually objectified. It's just their dick, maybe a bit of their ass. You don't really get to see his face. You don't get to see him um, experiencing so It's The camera is totally connecting to the woman. The woman looks into the camera more often than the man. She's connecting with the audience. Uh, porn actresses get paid more than male actors and so on. So it's a very interesting thing. And then the other side of the porn industry is the dirty erotica interesting uh industry of written novels mm -hmm. um it is a nine billion dollar industry dirty sex novels written for women a majority of them are written by women and if you open any of these novels the male leads in these novels are billionaires ceos sheikhs princes with perfect chiseled abs perfect hair perfect cocks and they're a gentleman and super smart and scientists and so on, talk about unattainable standards. But no one talks about how that industry is breeding that for women. Everyone is obsessed with pornography. Right. Crazy. It's, just, it's the same, it's the other side of the same coin. Yeah. I didn't even think about it that way. That's yeah, so true because when it's, it's so true. Like the man barely gets like anything when it's when with within porn it's just all on the woman all on the woman but you'd think it was like the woman that's getting a objectified right yeah that's crazy yeah the thing is the way that the male brain operates the male brain is very visual when it comes mm -hmm. to sexuality men react to visual cues mm -hmm. uh, women the female brain the female sexual psyche software is psychological we react to psychological cues. That's why women prefer to read dirty novels where we're describing the character and how he felt and what he wanted and how he desired her and what he did to, you know, come and push her against the wall and have his way with her versus a man who just wants to see a pretty image. And so right. pornography is primarily made for men. That's why the camera is on the woman. And that's why a lot of women are having a hard time watching pornography because it's not feeding into their sexual brain software. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And some of the most popular porn movies amongst female viewers is pornography that's made um, for gay men where the camera is on the man. Camera is looking at his abs and his body and his pleasure and his moaning. Because then women are looking, you know, straight women are then looking at that video and connecting more by enjoying looking at the guy. Yeah. Sense. When you said that it was the camera's never on the man, I was just going to say, unless you watch gay porn. Yeah. He's just on the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that would and be. So we also, yeah. And we have this issue with, you know, men objectify women. If you watch gay pornography, they're objectifying other men too. They'll talk about right. the other guy's hot cock or his ass or his abs. The male brain is almost wired to objectify to see body parts things that they like things that they are responding to women objectify men emotionally we objectify men psychologically both sexes are doing it we're just doing it in different ways right yeah so i'm not a feminist as you can tell <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm constantly digging deep to show yeah. <laughs> how, you know, it's, it's a struggle to be a man and a woman. Life is unfair. Life is hard for both sexes. Some are born with certain privileges. Some are born without others. But we're all suffering and we're all benefiting one way or another. And I think blaming men for being men or feeling victim for being a woman is just not leading to any resolution for people in this world. I think we need to start taking responsibility for our actions and our behaviors and celebrating our differences and realizing that males and females are very different. And there is a beauty in that. That means that when we come together, we make the perfect team. And I think it's a matter of coming together and working together. We've been supporting each other for centuries. And yeah. these days, it seems like we're just going to blame men for being born with a penis. It's not fair. Right. right. Totally agree with that. Okay, I want to chat. I want to switch gears just for a second. I want you to talk about, your brain. <laughs> I want you to talk about um, the toys that you make. Yeah, and masturbation in general, because I feel like people kind of demonize that a little bit too. In what way? Like I say, like you're someone. Someone's dating. And the one partner is like masturbating outside of, you know, their sex. It can, I've heard people talk about how they shouldn't be doing that, that it should mm -hmm. be, you know, for their partner and that's it. They shouldn't be going off and doing it on their own if that was good enough with their partner. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's Are these kind people of mostly women talking or have you heard men say this as well? Um, mostly women. Mm -hmm. like that but their partner is saying that it, oh so so are they saying that the female saying that if their partner found out that they masturbated that they'd be upset about it like going both ways yeah when they they're upset if their male partner if they find yeah out they yeah masturbates? yeah okay mm -hmm. huh yeah that's a, that's a very typical female behavior <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you ask the majority of women, they will be upset if they find out that their male partner is watching pornography. If right. you ask a man or a bunch of men how they feel about their female partners watching pornography, they'll say it's hot. 
Yeah. Right. Difference. <laughs> yeah. They think it's like cheating. Yeah. For women. Yeah. And it's interesting to um, also look at what your male partner is watching because that really triggers women. So for example, you know, I'm, I'm a uh, Caucasian woman. And so if I catch my partner watching uh, pornography with um, Asian girls, it's going to trigger me a lot more than if he's just watching, you know, another Caucasian woman. Cause then right. I will start questioning myself immediately. Like why, well, why isn't he have an Asian girlfriend? You know, what is it? What's going on there? How am right. I not enough? Is he watching Asian women in porn because he wants to be with an Asian woman? He doesn't want to mm -hmm. be with me anymore. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's very interesting also how those dynamics operate within relationships. Yeah. Do you think that like, how do I word this? Is it okay for the, like, do you think that kind of is toxic in a relationship for the partner to be watching porn, like without you? Or what is your stance on that? Uh, my stance on pornography is the same as with vibrators and drugs you just have to understand it's a tool and right. you gotta use it wisely it can definitely improve your sex life it can benefit you you can watch it together yeah um, one thing to do as long as you're aware of your intentions behind it right you know there's it's like a spectrum i mean there's some people who cannot orgasm unless they watch porn or there's people that have never even touched another real human being but they watch porn all day long uh, versus a couple enjoying a movie together once in a while. Right. So I think you have to be honest with yourself. If your partner is watching porn and it's triggering you, try to get honest with yourself first of why that is triggering you. What about it bothers you so much? Yeah. You know, again, you know, if your boyfriend finds out that you're reading dirty stories about super hot billionaires, he's probably not going to stop you. <laughs> why are you stopping your man from watching your movie? Right. He is, being a man, this is his visual cues. He's responding right. to visual stimulation. Women are responding to psychological stimulation. Right. Well, I, think, I think probably for a woman, it's like, one, we're already really, really hard on ourselves. And especially um, when it comes to, if you found out that your par partner, if you were unaware that they were watching pornography and masturbating, and it's like, well, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't he just, yeah. I think that's often what comes up. Right. And it's like, so is there something that he doesn't like from about me or that he's not getting from me? But I think that it's just times that like, it's no different than, um, than us like masturbating on our own. It's yeah. his way of like having say time to himself. And and yes, I mean, if it, I mean, if it's something that bothers you, then I think more than anything, it's just having the conversation with your partner to say, like, I just need to know that, you know, you still, <laughs> you still want me or whatever it is. Right. Because I think it's just, we, women feel threatened by it because it's a woman that looks more than likely is going to look exactly different from you because the women in porn have gigantic titties and you know have had surgery in their labia and they you know they look completely fake as compo as compared to what the majority of the female population look like right and so i can understand how women would feel threatened if it's 
if it's in, you know, thinking, well, she doesn't look like me. Is that what he wants? Does he want me to look like that? So. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I agree with you part way. I, I actually think that saying that women in pornography are perfect is really outdated because just yeah. open Pornhub first page and you'll see well, every guess, color, yeah, shape, yeah. size, and style. <laughs> if anything, I have seen so much different body um, parts in pornography more than I even do in my work. Um, again, it's the same side of the coin. Look, you might never live up to that beautiful, blonde, big-boobed woman, but he will never live up to the hot CEO in your novels or in your no, dreams. Right. Or he will never be Justin Timberlake, or he will never be, I don't know who's hot these days. Who's hot these days? I don't, know. I don't even know. Ryan Reynolds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so we're all, you know, googly eyeing the latest romantic comedy and hoping like, why isn't my boyfriend so romantic and hot and beautiful? Yeah. Well, he's eyeing porn. It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it, it, you know, every situation needs to be looked at separately. If your partner is vigorously masturbating every night and you guys are not having sex, there's an issue there. Yeah. But if you have a lovely sex life together and your partner is masturbating once in a while and you're masturbating once in a while, more power you to you. You know, I encourage it. Go have fun. Yeah. You have to you understand know? yourself in order to communicate what you like too, which exactly. is important. It's a time for self-care. It's a time for exploration. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't want to connect with anyone. You just want to connect with yourself. Sometimes yeah. you just want to orgasm and fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. I, I encourage it in all of my relationships. I, I mean, I have a kink. I, I love kind of like catching my partner masturbating. I think it's the hottest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I even urge my man and I to play those games. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, honey, I will be home at 630. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's, um, it's something that I, I urge couples to talk about and almost play with it, you know? Mm -hmm. What would it be like to masturbate in front of your partner? You know, have him or her look at you, see how you do it. Right. What kind of pornography are you watching? Why are you watching it? It's also very interesting. It's, fun. it's interesting to notice that often we don't watch porn because someone is hot. We watch porn because that certain movie makes us feel a certain way. Yeah, totally. That it's evoking feelings of naughtiness or surrender or power. Those are the things that we want to experience in life. Like you will take, you will show a porn movie to a hundred people and you will have a hundred different reactions. Mm -hmm. Or you will have three people tell you they want to have a threesome, but they want to have a threesome for three different reasons. You know, right. and we, we don't talk deep enough about these things. Your partner comes to you and like, hey, babe, I have a fantasy of a threesome. And you throw a tantrum <laughs> because you're terrified and you fall into your fear and insecurity. You never ask, well, let's talk about it. What about it? Why? Yeah, right. So true. Yeah. So let's talk about your, your line yes. that you have, right? Back to the toys. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of years ago, my uh, partner and I, uh, my business partner and I, Adela, decided to create a company that is non-vibrating toys. Um, these are the toys designed by women for women, although we do have some uh, male customers as well. And our main goal is non-vibrating. So 
the problem is a lot of women discover the clitoris when they're teenagers and they kind of get stuck on it. And there's just so much more pleasure in the female body beyond the clitoris. And unfortunately, we're not exploring it enough. That's another reason why masturbation is so important. You've got to discover your own body. Right. Something like 87% of women never penetrate themselves when they masturbate. And so when they're being penetrated by their partners, they almost don't understand it or they don't know when is the right time to penetrate their body or how to penetrate it how vigorously how slow at what angle those are all the things that you can discover when you self-pleasure and yeah, so we yeah. design non-vibrating uh dildos made out of gemstones glass and stainless steel and we urge women to just go on little exploration expeditions <laughs> and figure out how their body operates. Find your G-spot, find your A-spot, find your cervix. Explore your body, explore beyond the clitoral orgasm. Yeah. So you just said that your dildos are glass, right? Mm -hmm. Is There's some, you have to be really careful with glass though, right? Because there's some out there who that can like break. I mean, you have to be careful with really anything you buy you have to be yeah. careful with h&m because it's shit quality but we all shop there right <laughs> so <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship <laughs> it's the same thing with sex toys there's so much crap on the market yeah and a lot of people who are shopping they are on a budget it's understandable i again i invite people to save money for a high quality toy because some toys will last you a lifetime versus buying something cheap on Amazon that's going to break a few months into it. Right, uh, the best right. materials are gemstones, glass, and stainless steel, and high-quality silicone. Uh, please stay away from rubber, stay away from jelly, stay away from plastic. All of these things are end up breaking, disintegrating, and potentially leaching chemicals into your body, which we really don't want. Um, right. Also, within gemstones, glass, and stainless steel, there is fake stuff, and then there's real stuff. Um, there's glass toys that cost a dollar to produce in China, and they're sold on Amazon, and some people who claim they're in good quality are selling them, and yes, it can break, absolutely. Some of that glass is colored with chemicals. Um, so you really have to do your research, you have to follow in with the brands. Don't be afraid to message a company and ask them, how do they produce it, with whom? Um, people who are honest about their production process will happily inform you and share the information with you like we work with a um, glass production specialist he's a glass blow blower yeah blower in canada so it takes him about okay. four hours to blow one dildo um, wow for a silicate glass it's high quality glass it's very very heavy so when you hold our dildo you can tell it's not going to break unless you bang it onto something right Versus if you take something from Amazon for 30 bucks and you can, it's just the lightness of it and it could be shallow inside. So you have uh, to do your research, absolutely. Yeah, the ones, ones that you make out of gemstone. So mm -hmm. why, Because so how many do you have? Is there like five or six? I think we have five models right now. Okay, so why did you, so why those five in particular, like the shapes or the, intention behind each one yeah well look my my most honest thing is it's not really the shape it's how you use it okay 
Um, the shape is really for the beginners because it makes people feel, uh, it gives them an option and choice. And they feel like this is more for this, this is more for that. I can get myself off with a carrot if I use it properly. <laughs> so um, the shapes are really to make people feel more, uh, more stable in the choices that they're making. Um, and some shapes, we are really concerned with the width or the girth of the toys. Yes. So one of our skinniest toys is really for a vaginal massage, releasing the tension, doing yoni mapping. Um, we have a mini, mini, tiny dildo one, which is really for exploring your G-spot. And then we have some that are quite girthy and thick for women who really love that feeling of being fulfilled. Again, it doesn't really matter so much which toy you choose because you can have fun with all of them. Yeah. Like, right. you know, like we said earlier, like, lesbians are having some of the most orgasmic experiences. They don't even have a penis. Right. So it's not, you know, there was, I think research showed that women can have incredible penetrative sex with a penis that's even smaller than five inches. It's not the size. It's how you right. use it. What intention. Right. Totally. You know, like I, I remember one of the followers on Instagram just said like, well, how can, how can a man make a woman come? And I said, take the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like you want to give me pleasure, take out the trash without me having to ask you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would be halfway to orgasm. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> it's not about the size. <laughs> no. Right. It's not about the shape. Yeah. No. And yeah, so speaking about that, or just talking about that too, is so we t we've talked a lot about women not knowing like our own bodies or how we can learn more about our own bodies, you know, through mm -hmm. masturbation or self exploration, using toys, blah, blah, blah. We, I mean, I think that when you flip it to like if you're with a male partner, how much do we actually know about their genitals? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. where do you besides what we've ever I mean besides what our partner teaches us but yeah. I think at the same time it's like yeah men it's hard for them to learn about like female genitalia well where do where do we learn about male genitalia except for it just gets hard right Girl, you're speaking my language now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I know that you have posted a few times because I think that you have a colleague that has that co the course to learn about the penis. Yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I work with um, a company called Beducated. They are um, located in Germany and they create these online courses. Um, I have all the courses on my website. People are welcome to go in there, read them and explore them. And it's courses on penis massage. Courses on yoni massage, courses on couples play, I have a course on shibari roping. So there's so much that we don't know about each other's sexualities, about our own minds and bodies. And so, for example, it seems like the male sexuality is easier, but it really isn't. It's just different. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so men have an ejaculatory orgasm. That's the one that we know but men are capable of having orgasms without ejaculation. How many men can do that? No. Men can have prostate orgasms, so their prostate is inside their anus. Yeah. <laughs> How many straight men do we know who've had a prostate orgasm? So when we look at women and we think, wow, women are barely tapping into their pleasure, 
Well, men are barely tapping into their pleasure too. Right. Because I think they only know one way. And it's like, you know, even as a kid, it was like, you know, they were masturbate, but it was like, do it as quick as possible so that no one catches Mm -hmm. me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Girls too. It's this anxiousness. It's this, oh my God, grandma's going to walk in. My dad is calling me for dinner. My brother is, you know, trying to get into the room. God damn it. I have to come as soon as possible. And it's all riddled with anxiety and shame. And when you breed that habit for years on end as a teenager, then you bring that into lovemaking as adults. No wonder that can come. (laughs) Right. But yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, even for myself, like, of course I want to learn as much about my body and my pleasure, but then at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's like, how do you learn more about like male genitalia? Right. Like there's so little, it's, there's so little focus on it because it's like, well, men can almost always reach an orgasm technically. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. it's, it's always flipped over to, well, it's women that can't have orgasms. So let's put all the emphasis on figuring out the female. But it's like, I feel like even though my partner has an orgasm, has he gotten as much pleasure that I could have given him if I would have known more mm-hmm. that maybe he doesn't even know. Right. Absolutely. So true. I mean, when we are masturbating nine out of 10 times, we can all reach our own orgasm. The problem is when we come together as a couple I would say it's because we're having very male-friendly sex and not enough female-friendly sex. And that's why, on average, men will orgasm faster and more often than their female partners. Mm-hmm. Right. Men are almost leading into how the sex happens, and women are not saying anything. We're faking orgasms. So how are we supposed to change the lovemaking that we have with our partner if we are pretending that we're okay with what is right again it requires women to grow some ovaries and say hey honey it's actually i don't come so easily can we start owning that can we start sharing with our male partners what we truly genuinely need you know one of the biggest feedbacks that all women have for women for male lovers is please slow down and please give me more time to arouse and it's the Two things that we desperately want as women, but we're not communicating that to our partners. And how the fuck is he supposed to know? No one ever taught him. Yeah. And so either we fake and we grow resentful, or we just give up without even trying to change our sex line. And again, grow resentful. Right. And then we sit around blaming men for being men. And it's like, well, you never spoke up. Right. so true and i think too that like for men lots of men don't realize that if they do slow things down it can be far more pleasurable for them too oh yeah yeah and i think it's just because they've learned that it's just like no i just have to get to that orgasm and like Mm -hmm. but yeah but it also like i said if, if he has a girl who's moaning and rolling her eyes back like a porn actress he thinks everything he's doing is great yeah Right. Same with men going down on us. Like, imagine if you go down on a guy and you start, I don't know, biting him. You think he's going to, like, pretend like he likes it? He's going to speak up. He's going to be like, oh, babe, I don't really like how you're putting a fingernail up my butt. Can you not do that? But a man starts fingering you like he's trying to pull peanut butter out of a jar, and you're pretending like you love it. (laughs) Why? true. (laughs) Oh man! You know, we we have this 
deep-rooted insecurity of being high maintenance and we need to fucking get over that shit and take responsibility yep. and share with our partner what works for us and there's nothing wrong with taking it slow and taking their time that is the pleasure yep. imagine lying back receiving oral sex from your man and not worrying about how you have to orgasm faster can you just imagine the freedom in that yeah. freedom to take all the time in the world and the irony is that the minute you start taking all the time in the world and being okay with it you're gonna start coming faster yeah <laughs> for sure so you're not thinking right, can you relate to that yes it just becomes like so effortless and relaxing 100 percent. yeah totally as soon as you start to think about things and get stuck in your head that's like oh yeah the furthest place away from receiving pleasure yeah and this is all within you this is why we have to take responsibility for our behavior it's not the guy we have to take responsibility because if you're faking with him you're going to fake with the next guy you're going to fake with the next guy and i mean it takes right. a really connected very very conscious man to be like hey uh are you faking? <laughs> oh my but are you gosh. Like waiting for this magical prince? Right. Or can you speak up? What, what often happens, women just breed resentment and they shut down and then they wonder why their libido is so low. Well, you, took, yeah. you, know, you take responsibility for the fact that you created this in your life. Yeah. You faked orgasms for the first three years and then you got tired of doing that and now you just pretend to have a headache all the time. Oh. helping anybody <laughs> no well and see i feel really lucky because i can't even imagine faking an orgasm yeah honestly cannot i don't even know how i could that's amazing that is amazing yeah like i think mike, most mike, of the mike would call me out on it in about <laughs> 0.2 seconds yeah <laughs> like what was that <laughs> what was that well they can feel it they know well i know but that's what i'm saying is that's why i feel like incredibly lucky because one i've never even had to even consider it mm -hmm. ever but i can't even imagine mm -hmm. having like doing that. and if and i mean but i am stubborn enough and <laughs> and assertive enough that if if that was happening, then it would be dealt with like immediately. Yeah. Like if something, if I didn't like something, then it would be like, no, nope, life's too short. Just fuck this. <laughs> totally. More power to you. Yeah. That's but I mean, it requires a lot of vulnerability, right? To be like, hey, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And we women over the you know the last century, so we've we've become so good at opening our legs while keeping our hearts completely closed. Yeah. <laughs> it's really easy to open your legs. Try yeah. opening your heart. That's, yeah. I double dare you, try opening I love your that. Love that. Well, we're hitting an hour. We're over an hour now, so. I know, but I, I feel like there's like a hundred more things. That I know. I'm, I'm happy to keep chatting and talk about this shit all day. <laughs> um, okay, well, because you, you're like oh let's just keep chatting okay why don't what what are you most passionate about right now oh my gosh what a question um i think more than anything and i think it also comes with age i'm in my mid-30s um more than anything i'm 
I'm craving to feel peace in my love life. You know, it, back in my 20s, it was about the biggest orgasm, the, the coolest sex toy, the hottest yeah. one day, the most amazing sexual experience. These days, I feel my heart more and more, and my heart just wants peace. Yeah. It wants tenderness. It wants love. And this is, I think, what I'm most passionate about right now is connecting more and more to my heart, aligning with my heart's desires, not what other sex bloggers promote, not what the sexual wellness industry advertises, not orgasms and sex toys, but tenderness, connection. I think we yeah. have really forgotten that. We're now trying, you know, the majority of women are now being sold to this massive illusion that casual sex is going to make us happy. I call bullshit on the whole thing. I agree. We're trying to tell women that they can go around fucking without their heart open. And I don't think it's leading to any happiness. I don't think it leads to fulfillment. I don't find that sexually liberating. I find that to be quite the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, and do you think that it's something that comes with age, though? Because I know I look Absolutely. at like, the transitions that I've made throughout my life, because I'm in almost mid 40s, mm -hmm. and had had a, I'm like I've had a couple children. My children are older now; they're teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like the same. It's the same thing. Whereas, as now that I've gotten older, I, um, I feel pleasure in a lot more areas of my life now than mm -hmm. what I did in the past. And I mean, the pleasure mm -hmm. in the past was different too, because of course, when you have children, you have small children, of course you've received pleasure by just having the connection with your children, right? As mm -hmm. being there for them, as they see things for the first time and, you know, things like that. <clears throat> and, and it's very similar now as I'm older, where like I was something that is pleasurable for me is getting up in the morning and having the house be completely quiet and drinking coffee with no, like no other stimulation at mm -hmm. all. Sitting outside and listening to the birds. Like, yeah, I feel you. Everything down to the point where it's just like, um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. It's the desire for inner peace. I do believe it happens. I notice it starts happening as women hit their thirties. You just no longer have any desire to spend your time on bullshit. And again, it, what you're describing is meaningful pleasure. Yes. Yeah. What most of us are doing in our teens and our 20s is just going around after short-term gratification. Right. We're yeah, I feel, I feel the same. I feel the exact same. And my shift has just started, like, within the last couple of years of that with, like, really like getting out in nature and not just being like my safe place or like sitting at a coffee shop with my boyfriend like just like really peaceful things like that are so meaningful to me now yeah it's like what i crave so imagine discovering that peace in your love life yeah you know the world these days is fucking too much and not making enough love yeah no it's so overstimulating and um actually so with you like you often take breaks from social media too where you're just mm -hmm. like peace out people like mm -hmm. i'm out of here and like, God, I'm fishing. <laughs> yeah 
while. And because I imagine for you, well, even for Christine, like Christine has a lot of followers too. I do not. Mm -hmm. But even I, like, there are some days where I just, like, I can't even handle looking at Instagram because it makes me, it just is so negative. Like, or it makes me feel negative, right? Oh, yeah. It's just so much bullshit. And I, and I think it's, yes, as women, as we get older, we have far, like, well, for me anyways, I just have far less tolerance for bullshit and bullshit people. Yeah. And I used to have like a huge circle of friends and I was always busy and I was always doing something or I was engaged and creating with these people or like doing stuff with the, this group of people. And I've gotten to the point now where I have a very, very small circle of friends. Same. And the majority of the people that I hang out with is Mike. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's very seldom. And and it's like things like just going to get groceries with him, I, I that is pleasurable for me. Yeah, I agree so much with you. I like I'm the same way with uh, the friend thing. I want like the smallest group possible. Like my friends live an hour away. Like my like three friends that I have, and I'm and I feel good because I'm like not obligated to like be around them all the time. And like I think it honestly makes my relationship with my boyfriend a lot better yeah I think it's such a beautiful thing to tap into that and mm-hmm. this is exactly what I want to teach women it's it, the same exact thing applies to our sex life that we think that the more sex toys you have the more sexy lingerie you buy the more cocks you see the more orgies you attend that you will somehow be happier and it is such a bullshit illusion mm-hmm. And when you're in that moment with a person that you love and you look each other in the eye and you're not wearing Victoria's Secret and your vibrator is nowhere near you and you just have that moment together, you realize that is so priceless, like a MasterCard. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That's all we need. We don't need more. We need less. Yeah. Because less is less anxiety, less chasing, less achievement, less goal setting. So the sexuality industry these days is obsessed on achievement. How many orgasms did you have? How hard were they? Do you have the latest sex story? Do you have the latest whatever, this and that? It is so exhausting and it's a rigged game. You will never win. It's a rat race. Right. And anyone who's ever had a moment of pure, gentle, tender lovemaking will tell you, fuck everything else. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Yep. It's true. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's the biggest thing is just everything is so complex, like overcomplicated. And it's, it's really, I mean, Christine, even look at like when we have clients that come to us for nutrition, they have overcomplicated things so much that we just have to tear all the other shit away to simplify it. Yeah. Because it's really quite simple. Yeah, we overcomplicate things because we need think we need that we all, need all the fancy things that everyone else is telling yeah. us we need. All the superfoods and I remember when my partner and I first started dating and I'm a Russian woman so I love through cooking, mm-hmm. and so I went into this kind of overdrive of like, okay, he's my new boyfriend so I must impress him with my fantastic cooking skills, and so every night it would be like a brand new dish that I would spend three hours <laughs> making. Like he's Polish so he likes Russian food but 
our like Eastern European food is very heavy. It's a lot of baking and potatoes and meat. Yeah. And it's just like all the stews for hours at a time you're preparing it. And, you know, he ate it, he loved it. But I was like, man, I'm just fucking tired. Like here I'm I am tired of laying away in the kitchen. <laughs> God damn it. It's better to be single. And then I decided to do a little experiment and I thought, okay, you know what, for a month, I'm going to cook the most simple meals. It's going to be like grill a chicken, boil some rice and boil some broccoli. That's it. Right. It's not going to be a soup and an appetizer and a main course, <laughs> and a dessert. Fuck all of that. It's just going to be three ingredients. <laughs> and so I did this for a month. My partner did not say anything, but at the end of the month, I remember we were sitting on the couch and by the way, all that month, I had all this amazing free time. It was so easy. You know, the cleanup is easy. The preparation is easy. And he's sitting with me. He turns to me. He goes, babe, I don't know if you've changed your cooking or something. I haven't noticed, but I feel so light and good in my body lately. It's just been so wonderful. Like, you know, the first few months we were dating, I was just like so heavy. And now I feel amazing. Did you change something? And I thought, oh my God, less is more. Yes. He didn't even notice the difference. Oh my gosh, that's he so didn't funny. He complaining like, oh, Elena did not make an appetizer for me. He had like, you know, he's a guy. He doesn't notice this kind of stuff. Right. As a CrossFit junkie and as someone who wants to be healthy, he noticed the effects on his body. Yeah. You don't have to overcomplicate, you know, have 20 different ingredients in a meal that you can just have a roast chicken with rice and feel amazing. Yes. Yeah. Love what you're saying right now. <laughs> and for me, you know, it's such an aha moment. I'm like, oh my God, I'm slaving away literally for nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, something so easy and effortless is actually of more benefit. Yep. Both of us. Because now I have more free time. I feel happy. Everything is easy. I have more time to spend with him. Right. Standing in the kitchen for hours at a time. <laughs> right. And I mean, it would have been different if, however, if you guys probably would have been making food together, <laughs> right? Like if you would have been cooking the meals together, then- Well, now we can, because, you know, he can boil rice, but he can't yeah. do this Russian meat pie thing. <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. yeah, because it's the, <clears throat> it's more about the ritual of like having the meal together than actually what the meal is. Yeah. yeah, and having that lightness in your belly to make love later on in the night. <laughs> True. I mean, if you have my Russian meat pie, there will be no love making for a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You will have your imaginary headache immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a CrossFit junkie. So are mm -hmm. you? Are you doing CrossFit too? Oh, here I'm going to use you guys for some advice. Um, he got me into CrossFit. I do enjoy it. it. It feels like a real workout. I think once I hit my 30s, I realized that I'm not going to get away with just doing yoga. Uh -huh. Things are going south. Um, my problem is like my body is prone to gaining weight, um, but it's also prone to getting fit really fast. I'm kind of yo-yoing very easily, depending on whether I'm eating a lot or exercising <laughs> a lot. And so when I do too much CrossFit, I bulk up and I just don't like that on my body i don't like how i look and so i would go to crossfit more if i didn't get so bulky like you can really see it on my shoulders 
so now I go to CrossFit if I know what the workout is and like I love going with anything with running or squats anything on the ass I'm like there immediately yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of bar work a lot of like hand stuff arm stuff I try and stay away from it and I haven't found that balance because I think CrossFit is amazing but it's just it really really changes how my body looks well, I Even mean, um, here, speaking of, you know, Asian pornography, like my boyfriend has a total attraction to CrossFit bodies on women. Yeah. And I, and I told him from the beginning, I'm like, baby, I will never look like, that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will never look like this. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to be, I mean, I mean, I, I compete in women's physique. So I, I lift a lot of weights and it's yeah. like bodybuilding, right? But it's because yeah. that's how I like my body to look. I like yeah. to have bigger muscles. I like being bigger. Um, but I mean, with CrossFit, I mean, there's lots of women that say that, right? Like if you go from, oh, yeah. if you go from just doing yoga and no type of like resistance training whatsoever, of course you're going to put on lean mass. Yeah. But it's something that you have to be okay with, right? And yeah. so- for you, if you, if you, if you know the workouts, if you stick to the, like the metabolic stuff and the, and the cardio based, um, mm-hmm. then you won't get bulky. Yeah, you won't. But if, but if you're but doing. Is there a trick to exercising and not getting so bulky? Should I be eating something different? I mean, I, I mean, for me, the bulkiness comes like in my shoulders and then yeah, I just feel like, yeah, yeah, I just don't like the way that looks. And I mean, it's because there's so much pressing in CrossFit, right? And like, and shrugging, like cleans and snatches, right? And that's where that's coming from. Yeah. If you stay away from that kind of stuff, then you won't, your traps won't get big and your shoulders won't get big. You know okay. What I mean? So I've been doing everything perfectly. Yay. <laughs> yeah. If you stick to more of like the conditioning and the, the, yeah, that kind of stuff, you should be fine. More metabolic. Yeah. Like things the like push-ups and pull-ups aren't going to make you huge. No. Yeah, those I like. Those I like. But the one thing I absolutely means and snatches and all of that. I mean, yeah, that requires a lot of. I mean, it's compound lifting, right? So you need yeah. to use a lot of your upper body. So that, I mean, CrossFit women. The reason why you see big shoulders and big traps and big backs is from the pulling, and the pressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with an Olympic Olympic lifting. Yeah, I have to say that I was so nervous of going to CrossFit for the first time because, I mean, I was a yoga girl. Yeah. (laughs) I have never found a more supportive and loving community as the CrossFitters. I mean, it really blew my mind to have everyone like high-fiving me. And I think the first time we went was in Bali. And it's really big CrossFit gyms there. Like they have a hundred people in class, sometimes 125. So a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the workouts are divided. Like you're in a group of threes. And so sometimes they just kind of divide you up and you're stuck with like two badass CrossFit men. And then there's you (laughs) and you have to do a group team exercise, which, you know, like I'm keeping them behind, but I've never felt so much love and support, whether it's men or women to like, they just stand above you. They're like, you can do it. Come on, you're so amazing. You got this. As opposed to going to yoga, which is, well, it's primarily women. It's female competitive energy of, look at me. I can, you know, touch my head to my toes. I'm so much better than everyone else. It's a lot of that, which just, yeah, 
Which is I not supposed to be because I taught yoga. Like I'm a yoga instructor. I owned a yoga studio mm -hmm. for five years. And do you know what I'm saying? Have you yes. do you, have you experienced this? Oh, totally. And it's that's not supposed to happen in yoga. Yeah, <laughs> irony. And it <laughs> totally does. It totally does. There's this whole image that people try to uphold within yoga, and it's the clothing. It's how they put their hair up. It's the water bottle. It's the oh my goodness. Bottle. It's the just it's just all, the green smoothie that they're drinking after class. It's rehydrating them, and you know, like whatever new goji berry that they're eating that's going to create longevity. Like it, oh my god! Like it's <laughs> don't even get me started because I think the whole yoga industry is one of the most fake industries out there as well. So yes, mm -hmm. CrossFit totally get it. I did CrossFit as well, of course. Christine did. And that was the thing that drew me the most was the supportive community. It's incredible. It is. Yeah. So friendly, so motivating. CrossFit got me into running as well. Like I remember we had to run a kilometer and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do this. And my team when I came in last because I was just like, <laughs> and, but the guys were so friendly. Like you can do this. You're amazing. You did it. Like they were just like, you did it. You finished. It's awesome. I'm like, yeah, we're the last team. They're like, we don't give a fuck. You yeah. did it. Yeah. It's so lovely. So, I mean, yeah, for anyone listening, like if you're not into CrossFit yet, please go. Yeah. It, it does the opposite. You know, you go there and you think I'm going to feel like shit. And then you end up feeling so loved and so proud, so proud of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. The community is great. Um, and I also got, my boyfriend got me into watching all the CrossFit like videos, the team Richie. And the the buttery bros and like oh yeah I watch it on my own I'm like oh my god I'm, I'm <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I think you posted something about going to CrossFit and you know that there's lots of like fit guys but that you go to watch the women and oh my god yeah. Mike and I like <laughs> it's, if if I watch the CrossFit games in the like in the past I never watched the men. Because I don't find it fascinating. I don't find the fit men fascinating. I find yeah. watching all the fit women fascinating because they, <laughs> I mean, there's such an anomaly. Like for yeah. women to be that fit and that strong and to have that physical ability, that to me, I would far rather watch that than a bunch of like meatheads, guys. For me, CrossFit messes with my gaydar. Yeah, <laughs> I like to do, and now like I usually play this game with my partner. Like, is she gay or a CrossFitter? <laughs> like, which one is it? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. But yeah. yeah, like my panties are on fire every time I'm at a CrossFit gym, and there's girls that I'm like, "Hello, <laughs> your team? <laughs> you <like> spot me?" <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah, and I mean, I've definitely like I've always been far more attracted to like like female physiques than like the men which yeah. is, is like, like so last year can west not last summer yeah can west games and i went by myself and mike stayed home and he was like oh well don't be drooling all over all of the all of the like the hot guys and i'm like i didn't even notice the guys i'm like yeah I was watching yeah guys. And no <laughs> yeah he shakes his head yeah yeah, I never look at the men. Put yeah. a girl in front of me, I'm like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, yeah. Um, Christine, do you have any more questions? I mean, I could sit and, and ask questions all day. There's like so many things that I would like to throw out there, but I know that we'd have like another hour. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I just really wanted to learn. I mean, we talked about a lot of what I wanted to hear about, but I just wanted to learn more about the yoni massage and what kind of that was about. So, mm. yeah. Come over, come over for a session. Oh, I would love to. I want to, I've never been there and I really want to go. I was actually supposed to go and work. So I was supposed to leave Canada on March the 21st for Paris to work in Paris for like six weeks. Um, it was actually Paris and then I was going to Russia, to Moscow. Um, and then, What's that? and then COVID happened like the day, like two days before I was supposed to fly out. Um, I was going to work as a trainer for an incredibly, um, like a, a billionaire woman <laughs> to be Holy her trainer. Holy crap, that's amazing. So I was just, I was going to travel with her. So she's from Moscow. Her and her husband own one of the largest banks in Moscow. And Sweet so my girlfriend is her trainer mm -hmm. and travels with them. So they have a place in Saint-Tropez, they have a place in New York, they have, and my friend travels with them and she trains her once a day. And I have a friend who is an eyebrow specialist and he travels with really rich Russians just to do their eyebrows. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> Which, you know, like you maybe need like every three weeks. Yeah. But he travels with them all the time. That's his job. Wow. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was going to be her replacement so she could take vacation and we were going to do it quarterly so I was going to go over for like six awesome. weeks um yeah and then COVID happened so Russia was so would blow because, her mind because I was flying to Paris and then we were flying to Moscow and um and then afterwards I was going to stay and travel a bit so I figured amazing. I was already there so I was going to travel and then COVID happened and just dashed it all my all my extravagant uh, travel plans, so. Moscow has one of the best CrossFit gyms that I have ever been to in my life. It is oh, yeah. so fancy. Like, it's the, the most luxurious showers and Dyson hair blowers and <laughs> it's, the whole place is like so damn stylish. It's totally up my alley. I'm a little bit of a luxury snob because <laughs> it's my internal Russian. Yeah. I grew up in poverty, so the minute Russia the minute communism fell apart, all the Russians were like, give me all the luxury that you can possibly give. <laughs> so we love it. We love fancy food and dressing up. And it's, it's kind of ingrained in our culture because we've starved for it for so many decades as a nation. Right. Um, so yeah, Russia would totally blow your mind. I really hope that you can still go. I know. It would be amazing. Yeah, she's, she's actually back in Canada now because when COVID happened, the family went to Switzerland and just, they were living and hiding out in Switzerland <laughs> until COVID passed. And she's going back, I think, um, next month to start again. So fingers crossed that it's still in the, in the works, but because actually I am Russian. That's where my great grandparents came from. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, they were my my so my grandma's maiden name is Yakomenko. <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny. They they went they fled the USSR and they went to um they lived in Buenos Aires, and then from mm, Buenos Aires yeah, yeah. to New York, and then they ended up in the United States, like on, in Montana. But 
yeah, I've always wanted to go to Russia because that's where it's your it's like, roots. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. So. Yeah, I would love it. It's, it's interesting what's happening in Russia and how it's just developing so fast. And, you know, we've been kind of catching up with the rest of the Western world ever since the Soviet Union fell apart. It's interesting also in the sexuality industry to see that Russia is like a bit 20 years behind the Western world in our sexual development as a country. Like we're still coming to terms with the fact that sex exists outside of just making babies. Yeah. Wow. And right now, Russia is on this huge uh, polyamory kick. We, we're now like in this illusion that we just need to fuck everyone all the time. And that we need to, you know, we shouldn't have marriage and we shouldn't be making babies. We just need to be polyamorous left and right. So every single blogger in Russia seems to be writing about that. It's very fascinating to watch different countries go through different phases the same yeah. way we go through different phases within our own lives too. So do you still have family that live there then? So oh yeah, my parents are there. My everyone is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and my I, family couldn't stay in the states. They just they missed Russia too much. And it's interesting that you talking about this because it's stuff that Christine and I would never be exposed to, knowing what Russia's sexuality is like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Us being like in Canada and the United States, like it's not yeah. anything that we would know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah yeah, yeah it's a little bit behind. It's going to take us a few generations to come to terms, even with homosexuality. Like, I know our president gets a lot of shit for um, not approving gay marriage, but, and I always defend him because I say, look, his job is to represent the Russian people, not his own views. It doesn't matter what his personal views are. His job is to represent the people, and the majority of Russian people are against gay marriage. We're not there yet. And so it will take a few generations and education and coming to terms with it before Russia approves it. We just have to be patient. Mm -hmm. We have to work towards it the same way that, you know, the U.S. worked towards it. We're, we're just yeah. 20 years behind. Yeah. Right. You know, I grew up in a culture which, like, for example, my partner is Polish. He grew up in a Catholic culture, which just said that, you know, sex is the worst sinful thing <laughs> you can possibly think and do. I grew up in a culture which pretended that sex just doesn't exist. We never spoke about it. It didn't exist. You know, I thought kids came out of cabbages. Oh, well, we, I thought, yeah, my grandma, that's where my grandma told me that babies came from under the cabbage leaf. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the other side of my family that was the stork <laughs> brought babies. It was the cabbage leaf and then the stork. So it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's very fascinating to even look at different cultures and how affected they are by their own views. And sometimes even just going through that, it's like if you're an onion, you're just peeling or a cabbage, you're peeling layers off these cultural beliefs, these generational beliefs, these things that are ingrained within your own family, the things that you carry within your own family. And sexuality right. is a big thing. It affects mm -hmm. us so much more than we realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we've talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's energy's a little down. I'm just like, let's go <laughs> oh, no. it's, like it's, it's like my brain's still working. Like, <laughs> to talk to you about. We, Christine and I always say this where he's like, okay, now we're going to have to do round two. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love it if you could come on again. I would love to come again. Come <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'd love to come with the two of you <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> I think there's a lot, of, lot, a lot more stuff that we could talk about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on spending yes, time with us. Very grateful that you could spend an hour and a half chatting with us. Of course, it's such an honor. Thank you so much for having me. It's, I mean, yeah. it, it was such a surprise when Christine reached out because, you know, I, I click on your profile. I'm like, this chick is into CrossFit. Why the hell does she want to talk to me? <laughs> <laughs> love talking about this stuff. And I just love following you and reading what you post. It's so good. Yeah. I'm so happy. Like, really, yeah. it's just a reminder that we really need to just start reaching out to each other more because I would yeah. never message you. I would think that this isn't your right. thing to talk about on your podcast. And meanwhile, yeah. It is. And I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, everyone wants to talk about sex. They do. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing too is like, I think that there's a lot of women out there who feel guilty for having a high sex drive. Yeah. So I think like Christine and I both, like our, our libidos are quite high. Our sex drive is quite high. And so we like to talk about it because I think that there's other women out there that feel bad because there's are, they feel like something's wrong with them. Yeah, well, I said that on kind of the last the podcast that we had with the what's it, what was her name? I'm forgetting. Tamara. Yeah, Tamara. Yeah. About how um, like I've been told like I literally have like a sex addiction, but not not for like going out and sleeping with a bunch of people. Just like how my mind worked and how like I just like you know it was something that I wanted all the time, and it was just looked at so negatively. And I'm like, really? Like, or is it? To me, it's not like a negative thing, no. but it was looked like it was to someone else. It was, I was like, this is crazy. Or it's abnormal. It's all about compatibility. You know, yeah. like you meet someone and you're the horny one in the relationship and yeah. someone else, they are the horny one in the relationship. Yeah. All so different. Right. It's about understanding what you value and what's important for you. You know, so, for some people, sex is not a big deal. I don't right. understand those people. Me either. <laughs> me either. You know, but then I'm not dating those people because it would yeah, never yeah. work between us. You know, for right. me, a beautiful sexual connection within the compound of a loving relationship is one of my core values. Yeah. So I need to be with someone for whom it's a value as well. Otherwise, totally. I would forever struggle, right? And feel ashamed. Right. And vice versa. If you're not into sex, be careful to date a, someone who is. Because right. you will always have that struggle in your relationship. Yeah. If you're a horny girl, girl, more power to you. Research <laughs> <laughs> shows that bisexual women are, on average, have higher libidos than heterosexual women. Really? Yeah, we watch. And by we, I say me. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. watch more porn. We're hornier. We enjoy yeah. sex more. We're more into exploring it. I find that yeah. very fascinating. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're just greedy. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Actually, I would love to hear your thoughts on and your opinions if we can do this another session with you is is about polyamory and about threesomes and about like your thoughts on just just all of that because it's still quite taboo. Mm-hmm. And there's so many far more psychology behind it than anything than than anything, right? Or you know, talking about um you know, just like even like kink, which people still think is like weird, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, 
yeah, I think that it would be really cool to get all that stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many thoughts. I'm, I'm scared of even opening my mouth right now because it will escalate into another hour conversation. Yeah. But yeah. That's we why can we ask your listeners. Maybe they could make in the comments. Well, I have an idea. Let's book a next session like after this. <laughs> so we actually do it. I'll, we'll figure something out. I'll email you. We'll figure out a date to get you back on here. Sure. Make a list of things. I'll prepare okay. I have tons of incredible research. That's the problem with the sex world today. No one is looking at research. Everyone is just right. writing anecdotal experiences. Um, yeah. We need to be looking at the research. Right. We need to, to look into what is the majority of people feel like. What's yeah. the majority yeah. of people's reactions, men versus women, not what your friends think, because that's a very tiny, right. tiny sample size. Totally. Totally. All right. Well, um, what's the, did you make up a code for the, or did we come up with something? What do we want to name it? <laughs> yeah. Give me a word. Elevated. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. It will be live in five minutes. Perfect. Okay. So if you guys want to go get her, her ebook with all the questions, I highly recommend it. It like got me and my boyfriend really taught. He was kind of hesitant at first. I was uh -huh. like, just give it a chance. Like, come on. And then, because <laughs> I think he thought it was going to be some sort of like questions that were just, I don't know what he thought. But then, when we started getting into it, it like, we ended up talking for like a couple of hours and it just like, we got really deep into a whole bunch of different stuff. Awesome. So it was, it was great. So I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening and I'll, I'll put it up on my Instagram too. So, and so, Elena, if people want to get a hold of you or find you or um, see what services you offer, how can they find you? What's the best way? They can find me on my website. I am currently remodeling it, uh, but it's still live. So theyoniempire.com. Uh, find me on my Instagram. Email me, DM me. Um, if you email me, I will send you a information packet about all of my sessions, my online Skype consultations, Yoni Massage. I do couples training. I train men how to do yoni massage for their partners. Uh, lots of yummy stuff on my website, my articles, uh, online courses, anything. But yeah, please reach out. Please do not treat me like a celebrity. I'm not at all. <laughs> please don't put me on a pedestal. That is not to be because it's so easy to fall off of it. Yeah. Um, just another person who has this as a profession. That's it. Yeah. All right. So thank you for having me such an honor let's do the second one i would love totally. to we will for session two because because yeah. uh episode two with with elena because it's it's happening yeah yeah it is oh, it's coming <laughs> all right thanks guys for listening thank you